Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thank you so much for taking this show to 16,000 plus dreams in just a short period of time. I am forever grateful. Our next goal for Kindly Gifted is to dominate these motherfucking charts. And for that, I need your help. If you could do me a quick favor and click follow or subscribe on the platform that you're listening on and drop a quick rating of what you think of the show, that would greatly help us climb the charts because transparently speaking, that's the only way that we can do it. I need you to click follow, click subscribe, and again, drop a quick rating of what you think of the show, and let's get us to number one. Thank you again so much, and tune into the episode. After years of working with many different clients, I've worked with in-house within a brand, I've worked with agencies and on teams, I can tell you right now, there is one very specific personality trait that is the common denominator between like successful founders and successful marketers. Okay. In other words, this personality trait can inform like the success of a brand. It can inform the success of somebody's marketing career. And it's not your charisma. It's not who you know. It's not how much money you got in the bank and how much cash you rolling in. It's not how confident you are in your brand or product. Um, it's not your ability to hire people. Before we even get to any of that, the common denominator, the trait that I'm talking about that can inform like what kind of founder somebody is going to be or is, what kind of marketer somebody's going to be or is, um, is their ability to take critique, not give critique necessarily, although that is also very important. But the reason I say take their ability to take critique is because it's a lot easier to give critique than to take it. Trust and believe. Okay. I've worked with many people who can give critique like it's nothing. Okay. They make it rain on you. But the minute they have to take it, they can't handle it. Their ego starts to crush. They'll try to gaslight you. They'll, they will do everything so that they do not have to deal with critique that they're receiving, um, which can happen for a variety of different reasons. But the reason why I say taking critique is really important is because, for instance, right, let's say you were like, nah, bitch, I disagree. Your confidence in your product is really important. All right, cool. Well, I'm a customer and I don't like your product. And I don't like it because... Uh, you know, it really doesn't suit my lifestyle. Like I feel like based on the advertising, I was your target. But once I got the product in my hand, I really felt like I was led astray and it does not function in the environment that you say it does. And I've tested it. Boom. I left you a review, two stars. 
that's critique. I bought your product. I have every right to review it. I didn't say how shitty you are as a founder. I didn't criticize you. I didn't criticize anybody on your team. I don't know them. But I just said, I didn't think your product was good. And I tested it in the environment that you said that it's supposed to work. It didn't work for me. So what are you going to do with that? <laughs> if you get a negative review and you immediately buckle at the knees and you're done, it's over, then just shut it down. You know what I'm saying? Like, shut down the brand. <laughs> no point to continue. Or let's say you, you're like, girl, I don't know. I don't think you're right. It's really all about hiring people. You know, like it's really all about the team that you have. Okay. It's also in your ability to listen to the team that you built. Let's say you brought on somebody who specializes in growth marketing and you don't. That's why you hired them, right? That's why you trusted them. That's why you're delegating this to them. And they come to you and say, you know, our current paid ad strategy isn't working because X, Y, Z. Here are the data reports to back that. Here are the analytics to back that. I think we're spending too much money in this category. Here's the reports to back that. And the wrong type of person would go off. Like they'd be like, are you telling me that I'm wasting money? No, that's not what they're telling you. They're telling you that they don't think based on the current strategy that it's working. And so maybe instead of bleeding money, you, you continuing to utilize the strategy, we can reshape it. We can reshape it in the following manner. Ultimately, as a founder or as a leader of said team, it is your call, right? It's, you have veto power to be like, mm, I don't think that's right. But at the very least, to hear them out is really important. And sometimes um, like a founder or any kind of like marketing team leader that can't take critique, you'll also normally see that people are not comfortable to give critique. Even when they're asked for it, they'll just be like, yes, I agree. You're so great. And they'll just like, you know, stroke this person's ego and because they're not comfortable to say anything else and usually you'll find that it's like a newbie um or somebody that feels like they're kind of like irreplaceable that will be the most confident to give critique because they're like well good luck finding somebody else like me or they just are not used to the work culture so they'll try to like give their opinions and then <laughs> you know quickly realize like oh this is not a safe place for me to to give critique or like the founder doesn't know how to take critique. And then that is up to the founder to create a place that feels safe to the people that you have hired to feel comfortable in giving their expertise, raw, unfiltered expertise, and know that you can handle it because that's why you hired them. Okay. And then you're like, no, it's really all about who you know and like who you pitch to and whatever, right? Okay, well, what if somebody doesn't like your pitch? What if somebody, ideally, when you pitch to investors or advisors or anybody that you're hoping to help you in some capacity, they're probably people within your industry. So they're familiar with the market that you're pitching in. Imagine they come back and say, well, based on the data that we have about this market, I don't think your solution's really fitting. Or, or and this is where people really start to buckle because this is kind of like the fine line between criticism and critique. They'll say, we don't think there's like founder product fit. And that's where people really start to buckle because they start to assume that they have been 
personally criticized. When in reality, what somebody's really just saying is, we don't think that you're the right person to solve this problem for whatever reason. Could be a moral issue, could be just like a skill set issue, could be a gap somewhere in a combination of, of all of them. And when you know how to take critique really well, one, you're able to respect other people as being experts as well. You don't just see yourself as an expert, you see other people as experts in what they do as well. You have respect for their knowledge and capabilities. And furthermore, when you are able to take critique well, you are able to listen, digest, process, and then not react, but rather respond with a data-backed, research-backed defense. So taking critique is not just being thick-skinned in processing somebody's disagreement with you, but also not reacting. Like I've worked with people before where there's kind of a difference. Some people I don't even bother critiquing because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to blow up. They're, they're, they're a ticking time bomb. Their ego is just going to blow right up in my face. I don't want all that. And some people instead, they'll listen and you can tell in their face and they're the way that they're looking at you, they're actively listening and processing as you're saying. And in the back of their head, they're like sifting through anything they have to kind of go against what you're saying. Maybe they have data in the back of their mind that kind of disproves your point, And then you can have a healthy discussion about that. Um, and that's really where collaboration starts to happen. Like people, I, I've been in agency environments where I've been brought on to essentially help foster like a brainstorming environment. Because I think that's really important for marketing teams and creative teams and just any kind of team structure. I think brainstorming collaboration is really important. One, because that's why you have a team as opposed to me, myself, and I working on this, right? And two, um, it really makes people feel like they're a part of something. The brainstorming component is a lot more important than people think. Um, so I've been brought on to, to, to help with these situations. And some of these environments are very hostile where you can kind of tell, you know, when people are being asked for feedback, they're like not really giving their honest feedback or not really giving what they want to say. Um, because somebody on the team can't handle it. Um, or you have the opposite where there's like a lot of free flowing energy. Everybody's trading ideas. because Nobody thinks that somebody else is going to be like, that's fucking dumb. You know, there are healthy responses and discussions about ideas. And you can literally see where a beautiful idea is then born. Where people start cracking up and there's an inside joke that happens and then boom, it's in a campaign. Like that's how these things happen, you know? Um, Liquid Death, which is a brand I covered in a case study on this on this podcast before, that's actually how they come up with their campaign ideas is they have a brainstorming process and their active model is just say all the dumb ideas, you know? At least we put them out there. But that's all about creating a safe space where you can feel comfortable to say whatever and know that nobody's going to attack you. But if there will be critique, like, that's fine. You can handle it. It's a skill. It really, it really is. Um, I have to critique for my job. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always pleasant. But I'm... I used to be very unfiltered with it. And then when I realized that there are people, not everybody can take critique. Um, I started saying, <laughs> I have an introduction that kind of introduces the mood and is like, 
basically a translation for this. I'm not a, this is not personal, right? We're talking about ideas. We're talking about professional stuff here. Um, and so <laughs> if you've ever worked with me, you've heard me say this, but I'll normally say, all right, let's leave our feelings at the door, like a wet umbrella. And when we're done, we can go pick them up. And guess what? They're going to be dry. Um, and that's just kind of my way of saying like, this isn't about you as a, as a human, this isn't about you, even as a copywriter or a designer or a social media manager, nobody's attacking you. Um, we're just saying that maybe this idea is not going to work. And it's also about like, I think the way that somebody takes critique is also in the delivery granted the only thing that you're responsible for when you're delivering critique is how you say it how somebody processes that critique and internalizes it, that's not really up to your control, right? It could be somebody else's projections of what they feel inside about themselves or some insecurities that they already feel. That's not for you to control. That's for them to deal with. But, you know, for example, um, this was an example of like not good critique, right? For instance, let's say um, we're using I don't know. We're working on an environmental brand and we're using the color green, right? My critique for that would be like, why don't we try maybe a different color? Like, can we own or reclaim a different color? Because I think that green is overused when it comes to eco and environment and sustainability. Like, is there another color we can go with that doesn't automatically scream green, dirt, environment? Because it's a little bit first thought based on the market and kind of industry standard. Is there something else we can do that kind of captivates attention a little bit better? Nowhere in there am I telling like the designer or the art director, like you fucking suck. Nowhere. Okay. It's really just, I don't really love this option based on what we're trying to achieve. Right. Um, an example of not good critique in that same vein would be like, I hate that color. Not helpful. Okay. And it's not because you're like, critiquing somebody's character or criticizing somebody's character rather. It's because you literally said something and you, there's nothing else. There's no industry, market data, research, no consumer trends, no market trends that you use to back up that thing. It's just a personal opinion. So personal opinions also do not make for great critique. So of course those types, that approach to critique like a personal opinion will make somebody more irritated and they're then they don't take it as well and then you're like oh my god they can't take critique well it's like mm, you didn't really deliver critique though you just said you don't like that color right so somebody who probably wouldn't get affected by that as much would respond in a way where it's like well you know is there something like industry-wise about that color that you don't like or what market trends have you seen that makes you dislike that color? Like there's kind of a way to frame that where you pull out an industry opinion out of somebody or some data, but some people will literally just blurt out opinions and it's kind of like, okay. Um, <laughs> so critique is, is really, um, it's a skill. You, you, you learn it the more you practice it and getting started critiquing somebody or their work um, rather is, difficult because you think, oh my God, somebody's not going to take it well. And we've all had experiences where somebody doesn't take it well, but you kind of just kind of get back on the horse, uh, or find a way to introduce critique, you know? So it's very clear to everybody, like, I'm not trying to attack you as a person. I'm not trying to fuck with your feelings. 
I'm just saying, based on my expertise, you know, that's why I've started doing that because I don't, but I also have a very particular reputation when it comes to critique. If you've ever worked with me, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little harsh. Um, a little honest is how I like to put it, but that's my job. That's how I feel that I'm doing my job. That's how I feel that I'm best serving the person who hired me is because you hired me for my perspectives. You hired me for my knowledge. It would be a disservice for me to sit on it and not tell you about it and let you run with something that then ultimately my name is going to be on and I'm going to be responsible for because I didn't speak up and give you what I know that could maybe change the direction of this or give you the opportunity to defend your choice and we proceed with a different lens on that same project. So I don't know. I like critique. I have a very healthy relationship with it. Um, I know not everybody's comfortable with it. And I get a lot of questions about getting into creative direction, being a creative director, being an art director. If you can't take critique, uh, start, start knowing how to take critique because uh, you won't get to creative director or art director if you can't take critique. Um, and if you're trying to start a brand, like you have to know how to take critique, critique from your customers, critique from retailers, critique from agencies that want to, that you want to work with, um, critique from influencers, you know, like these are all experts that are required to give their opinion in order for them to do their job best. Um, including your customers. Like if a customer really cares about, about your brand, they will give their honest opinion um, in a way that's not hurtful to you, but rather they also want you to better your product so that they can reap the benefit of a better product, right? Um, you know, critique from anybody that you're pitching to, whether it's an advisor or an investor or, you know, somebody that you want to work with or have a strategic partnership with, you have to be open to their opinions because they are also experts in, in whatever they do. And again, you don't have to go with it, right? You can be like, mm, I disagree, right? But at the very least, creating a safe space for people to comfortably share their expertise with you in a way where they know you're not going to be a crybaby about it. Like, this is why, I don't know, I don't think I really liked the idea of the idol from the very beginning was just the way that, like, the entire team handled critique against the idol granted the idol was getting critiqued for multiple different reasons some of them are very valid some of them maybe not so much um but when your viewers are telling you like i don't like this and instead of handling it it in a mature that's a subjective word way or utilizing negative critique to your advantage to create like very polarizing marketing, right? That kind of turns those people off. Kind of similar to what Gossip Girl did in 2008, where they took all of their negative reviews and they plastered it everywhere. Um, I'll link a video that I did about that campaign on TikTok um, in the description below. But instead of doing that, they did an SNL type of skit to and posted it on the weekend's page. And he was kind of acting like a little bit of a crybaby about it. I know he was in character, but, you know, was he in character? <laughs> um, 
you know, kind of saying like, oh, Rolling Stone doesn't get it or the people don't get it. It kind of just made it a little. That's a great example of like somebody who doesn't know how to take critique well. Um, but yeah, it is really important. It does make or break your marketing career. It does make or break um, your brand if you are a founder. It does make or break the team that you've hired. Um, it does make or break the perception that your customers have about you. It's all in your ability to take critique. It does make or break whether an investor will invest in you. So it's like a really, really important quality. And it's more important than like some of these other things that I think are are maybe put on a pedestal a little too much. Um, because it it really, really is. I'm telling you right now, it really is all about t- being able to, to to take critique and um, understand that it is simply an opportunity for you to be better, to learn something new, to hear a different perspective. At the end of the day, the choice is yours. You know, do you go with the red pill or the blue one, right? You know, <laughs> what option you ultimately choose is in your hands, but um, at the very least, creating an opportunity for the person that you're speaking with, that you trust, their opinion on something, to be able to safely express that opinion um that industry opinion uh, it's really important and how how you respond will ultimately inform whether or not they want to continue sharing that knowledge with you as well if you're listening to this it means you've reached the end and i'm so grateful that you tuned in to another episode of kindly gifted if you don't mind to give this show your honest rating and review i'd greatly appreciate it and click follow or subscribe to keep up with new episodes if you want to chat about what you just heard in this episode i'm all ears you can find me on instagram at katarina tarantiva or on TikTok with the same handle, and I'll link both of them in the show notes below. If you want to chat with me one-on-one, or maybe get some accessible resources on how it is that you can create invigorating marketing for your brand, or develop your personal presence online as a person of influence, check out my stand store. I'll also link that in the show notes. And there's more goodies coming your way, so don't forget to bookmark the link as well. Anyways, that's my spiel, and I'll see you in the next episode.